Welcome to the Monocle Podcast. We are an independent management consulting firm, and in this podcast, we discuss our latest insights and opinions to help you achieve exceptional performance in banking and insurance together. I'm Guy Wilding, Monocle's research manager based in Johannesburg, and on today's episode, we're joined by Peter Nordia, one of our senior executives and directors at Monocle, to chat to him about cloud computing specifically the hype around moving your financial operations and systems and data to the cloud and what it means for the future of IT and the acceleration towards digitized financial services. Peter, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Guy. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to, to having this uh, chat. So with cloud, it's something that you know comes up a lot now. It's a very desirable feature to have as part of your business. So we've seen kind of new entrants in the financial services industry like Time Bank promoting the fact that they're almost fully cloud-based um, in terms of their infrastructure. So briefly, what are the benefits of cloud um, as opposed to being on-premises You know that operations or organizations have relied on for decades? Yeah, I think from, from a Monocle's perspective, we've been very fortunate to, to have this opportunity for the last 18 months to be part of um, one of our clients' cloud journey. You know, when, when you start off with development of the business case, and it's, it's very important to identify these, these benefits. But before we go directly into the benefits, I think banks having a massive legacy infrastructure and architecture, it's quite daunting and challenging for them, you know, migrating into this new cloud environment. Previously, they had entire buildings dedicated and allocated for their respective servers and and the significant cost that they incur just for maintaining and upgrading what they refer to as on-premise infrastructure. I think from just the, the main benefits, you know, is, is, is removing that um, very, very old legacy and very complex infrastructure in, into the cloud. And with that comes already a significant amount of, of benefits. I think the main benefits that we've seen and what we've realized is it's the flexibility of a cloud solution. It gives the client the freedom of unlimited bandwidth, unlimited storage space, and and the scalability of your environment. Um, I think that that is one of the key components of, of a cloud migration. I think the other thing that we need to focus on when we talk about benefits, it's how quick it is to deploy your cloud environment once everything is set up. It's um, it's much faster to deploy. It takes approximately 30 minutes to deploy a specific server in your cloud environment if you've got all your, your packages and cookbooks and everything that's been pre-created. And so it's much quicker um, to deploy your environment than, than we previously experienced for an on-premise solution. The third thing that clients and, and financial institutions that they find uh, as, a, as a big benefit is the, the concept of your business continuity, it's much more reliable and faster to do your backups for both in your various environments. Um, normally, you will have one environment in, in one specific area, you'll have a backup environment in, a, in another cloud environment. And that makes your, your backups and your disaster recovery policies and deployments much quicker. I touch base a bit on the scalability of your environment. We all know that financial institutions, um, over month-end, they need more processing power in order to do reporting, etc. Cloud environment gives the the financial institutions the the scalability to scale up or down 
And that also goes um, with, with cost savings initiatives with that. And just basically speaking on cost, uh, you know, your cloud environment also gives you the, the process of doing real-time monitoring for both on the, the performance of your environment to see which servers aren't performing optimally, as well as um, real-time monitoring of your costing, which obviously makes your budget and planning and forecasting much, much more accurate and much better for, for, for the institutions. The last two main components from, from a benefits perspective is the added security components that you get with the cloud deployment. Um, there's various levels of encryption that you can apply, which makes your data environment very secure. And I think last but not least, um, it's your grid computing environment, which you also have available in the cloud. It's where you can share your specific resources and do load balancing between the respective servers. So, for example, if, if one server fails to perform, that workload can just be moved to another server and it's quite a, a seamless and it's an automated computing environment. So a big consideration for financial institutions is the cost of their IT infrastructure. How does cloud compare from a cost perspective? I think I think from a the benefits from a costing perspective, um, the main benefit, like I alluded to earlier, is the the real-time monitoring of your cost and it and it's a, var- a variable cost because you only pay of what you use and consume uh, whereas in the old world where you've got on-premise costs those were more a fixed cost that the banks incurred so in the new cloud deployment it, you can manage your own cost based on what you consume hence over the festive season over weekends you can scale down your environment hence saving cost one of the benefits of, of cloud, as I alluded to earlier, is the, the capability you have to do real-time monitoring. That is extremely important because if you don't have your real-time monitoring in place, not only from a performance perspective, but from a costing perspective, it is absolutely essential. The data ingress cost, which is your inbound traffic, that is not the most expensive component of cloud computing or cloud migration. It's the egress cost, that is the outbound traffic. Now, if, if you don't have the real-time monitoring capabilities in place to monitor your cost on a, on a real-time fashion and on a real-time basis, and if somebody in your environment does a ineffective or not optimal query, and um, it, it scales up your egress cost, your, your client or the financial institution might have a a very high spike in its in its consumption and, and billing come the, um, the billing cycle. One of the things you mentioned is around the flexibility of cloud. So, you know, we'll see kind of the move away from your capital expenditure towards more kind of operating expenses. But we've also seen like there's a variety of cloud services that are on offer. So we've got the infrastructure, platforms, uh, software as a service. Maybe you can give our listeners a bit of an idea of the difference between those cloud models and what financial services might be using them for? Yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, so the cloud journey started basically with software as a service, and then it evolved from software as a service to platform as a service, and now more recently, infrastructure as a service. Let's quickly just uh, focus on software as a service. In that cloud deployments, it's more specifically used for software applications and business applications, for example, specific customer channels that is required by the client. 
Um, good example of software as a service is Microsoft Windows or the Google applications, for example, Gmail. It is important to note that your financial institution or client, they don't manage anything in the software as a service platform. It's entirely managed and the function by, by the, the cloud service provider. In South Africa, the two main cloud providers are Azure and, and AWS. And then from a platform as a service provider, that's more specifically focused on application development and web streaming services, as well as various analytical tools that's available in the, in the cloud platform. Um, good examples of those are Netflix and, and Amazon. In the platform as a service, this financial institution or our clients will still have management over their, their data. But that's basically it. You know, for, for the rest of the environment, it's still the, the cloud services provider that still manages the entire platform, except for the data. And then finally, um, infrastructure as a service, that is where the computing and the storage and the networking and the system management and the security is provided by the cloud um, service provider, whereby the data and the middleware is only still managed, managed by the client. In my experience and the work that we've been very closely involved with is more from an infrastructure as a service, owing to the fact that it's, it's still a requirement that the banks, they own their own um, data as well as the middleware and the various applications that is uh, provided on these, these cloud platforms. You know, we see many kind of incumbent firms that they're in the process of migrating their existing infrastructure or their data onto the cloud. So the, the project that that uh, you were speaking about previously that you were involved in. But we know that migrations are tricky and they're complex and financial service leaders are not going to make the decision or take it lightly just with the amount of risk that's involved in a migration. So from a practical sense, what do you need to consider when you migrate to the cloud? Um, and then maybe what are some of the processes or controls that you would use for a successful cloud migration? You have to start with, with your design. It's very important that you have an accurate design, which is done by your cloud engineers and your, and your cloud architects. Obviously, you've got a reference to work from, and that is your on-premise design and the, the respective requirements and the performance you have to, to provide to your, to your stakeholders. But the design is the, the cornerstone or the foundation for any successful cloud deployment. Once design has been completed, that is provided to the DevOps team. And that's where everything is automated and scripted in, in the DevOps lifecycle. That is used for the infrastructure deployment as well as, as your application deployment. So if your design is accurate, and it's up to, to the standards of, of what is required. It's much easier for the DevOps team to do the, the cookbooks and the deployment of your environment. And I, I would recommend rather spend more time in getting that right than fixing it um, later down the road. I think what very important to understand from, from any project execution is, is your respective data and the, and the workloads. There's a lot of replication and duplication that exists on the on-premise infrastructure. And it's important to identify which of those workloads are still relevant and which should be migrated. You know, you, you can't migrate your entire on-premise data environment or data universe because, you know, there's a lot of redundancy and a lot of duplication, like I said earlier. So it's part of our approach was to 
do a deep dive on those underlying data sets, on the various reports that's being consumed to see whether it's still relevant and whether it fits within our Azure design. So while you might not take your full data landscape into the cloud, you are going to take various sources. How do you protect the security of that data that's now sitting in the cloud? Yeah, that's one of the one of the main challenges that we have been facing and that we did face during this cloud implementation is that hand in hand with like like I said, your design, your security design is absolutely fundamental in a successful cloud deployment. From a security design perspective, it's first the the authentication that you put on the accounts that you create with, with Active Directory and Triple S D authentication. That is essential. It's also the deployment of what they refer to as a multi-tenant environment. That is to ensure that only the correct people has got access to, for example, sensitive information or client information, and that only users that, that has got access to that tenant that was specifically created for that underlying purpose, they will have access to that data. And on top of that, it's the encryption layer that will also help enable the, the financial institution to be secured. Peter, last year we also released an insights paper on the regulatory standards for cloud computing, so both here in South Africa and around the world. And, you know, regulators have been very involved in the process of of cloud migrations, and we've seen kind of those cloud service providers you were talking about, Microsoft and Amazon, they're ramping up their global physical presence to kind of ease some of those uh, regulatory burdens. So what have regulators kind of been concerned about when it comes to, to cloud computing? The biggest thing that regulators focus on in their compliance and what you need to adhere to is the bank needs to have a firm data strategy and a data governance framework. More specifically, what do they do for classification of their data? What's the materiality of the data and the assessment that was done and the level of risk associated with that? So I think that's the main things that that Saab wants the, the banks to focus on. And with the classification of your underlying data, the materiality and the risk associated with that is we have to adhere to four levels of encryption in, in your pr- private subscription even on your private cloud. From, from our project perspective, we had to comply with data encryption and when data is at rest as well as when data is in flight. And once um, the data is on a disk level, the disk needs to be encrypted as well. And more recently, the underlying data set should also be um, encrypted. So I think, you know, the technologies that's available and compared to, you know, what's available in cloud and, and what is currently on-prem, it's much more, much more sophisticated. So if there's a breach at any of those levels, at least all the various hops of, of, of your data lifecycle, the data would be encrypted. I think that's one of the main concerns that the regulator has. When we when we did the notification uh, from a SAR perspective, obviously there's quite a lengthy amount of paperwork and and case studies and, and certain policies that you need to adhere to. The main focus was definitely the data encryption requirements as well as having a multi-tenant environment. What I mean by that is that, you know, you should have specific tenants for specific users in order to ensure there's no cross-contamination between various applications or various different users. I think there's a quite a big emphasis of 
South African Reserve Bank with regards to sharing your data to third parties. There's a big focus on on ensuring that um, if if there's any personal information that that is not exposed to people that's not supposed to be viewing that data. Hence, um, yet again, the the various encryption requirements. And I think one thing that the the regulators are after is having efficient um, multiple centers for data replication. And that's when I alluded to earlier about your backup and your disaster recovery solution. You know, in the event there's a unforeseen risk event and the, the banks needs to prove to the regulator that they've got efficient backup capabilities as well as disaster recovery capabilities. And lastly, where does Monocle fit in in this picture? How are we helping our clients with their cloud migrations? Monocle has been involved throughout the entire project lifecycle. Where we specialize in is the development of your respective business case for cloud deployment. First and foremost is understanding the finance thereof, potential cost implications, as well as identifying what the, the feasibility and the benefits to the organization would be. So it's it's assisting with doing the upfront analysis in order to ensure that what we migrate is the is is it's aligned to the the bank's policies and procedures as well as to the future stake architecture. So definitely Monocle can assist our clients in, in, in drafting you know, all the respective requirements as well as providing the respective business case. What we've also been involved with um, during this project lifecycle is supporting in a project management role. We play a firm part in, in many organizations, assisting with the new agile ways of working. And then, and then finally, like I've mentioned earlier, it's very important to, to understand the data environment and what gets migrated, when does it get migrated, and what is the priority of data being migrated. We do lots of work in analyzing the, and understanding the respective data and doing the profiling of that data to see that it's, that it's still relevant and that it fits within current policies and procedures of financial institutions for cloud migration. So Peter, this topic, it just seems to become more and more relevant, um, you know, the more time goes on. So thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your insights on the topic. It's a big pleasure. To our listeners who'd like to learn more about what we do at Monocle, you can visit our website to understand our core capabilities and view our range of insights and Monocle stories, including the cloud regulation paper that we mentioned earlier. Similarly, if you'd like to contact us, you can find all our contact details on the website for both our European and South African practices. So Peter, thanks again for coming on the podcast. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. Visit monocle.co.za or co.uk to subscribe for updates. From Johannesburg to London, Cape Town to Amsterdam, Monocle, we design change.